Welcome to Kropalu Perspectives, enlightening interviews with leading teachers, authors, and thinkers associated with Kropalu Center for Yoga and Health, located in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. I'm Portland Helmick, your host, and today I'm talking to Erica Mather, creator of the Adore Your Body system for feeling free in the body, as well as the Yoga Clinic, where students, teachers, and health professionals learn about empowered self-care for the body. Erica teaches at Pure Yoga in New York City and maintains a full schedule of yoga clinic clients and teacher trainings, where she helps others to develop greater body confidence. Erica, thanks so much for being here. Portland, it's really my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I think this is an important topic, body confidence, because so many of us women especially don't really have a lot of it. We live in this society, as you know, that plasters all of these images in front of us of thin models and perfectly proportioned bodies, and it's so easy. I mean, I've suffered from this as well. It's so easy to feel inadequate. And there's a trend of body acceptance these days, but I think that even the yoga industry has been at fault in perpetuating images of physical perfection at times. And as we're starting this conversation, I just wanted to ask you that. I wonder if you agree with that. Yes, there's definitely been a trend to that. As the yoga industry became more mainstream, it's clear they adopted some more mainstream models for beauty. And as the yoga and body acceptance movement is developing, I also see that many print and online publications are looking for ways to be more diverse and more inclusive in their imagery. And they're seeing this not only as a wise move (laughs) to reach more of their market share, but also I think they're doing this because they believe it is the right thing to do. And so there's a moral lodestar to this as well. And it's probably also bringing more people to yoga. One would hope. (laughs) So Erica, how do you define body confidence? I think the body confidence is knowing your worth as a human independent of your body and its appearance. In short, it could be that you feel confident in front of other people. You can accept a compliment. You trust the fluctuations in weight and shape of your body and that you give your body what it needs in order to thrive in terms of food, sleep, rest, pleasure, and exercise. And you yourself, obviously, this is the reason you're so interested in this topic, you have suffered from poor body image over the years. Can you talk a little bit about your own issues with it? Yeah, sure. I grew up in the Midwest, and I was ahead of my time. I was tall, I developed early, and I felt different. I felt fat, I felt ugly, I felt always like I was sticking out. That sort of combined with, you know, I was an athlete. I had been a swimmer since I was age seven. We were all in swimsuits all the time. So there was scrutiny of the body, what it looked like, because we were girls. We were always comparing. And I began to develop what I would call like a very mild spectrum eating disorder. I began taking laxatives probably around age 17 or 18 and took them every day. I also engaged in emotional eating and binging at times as well. So what turned it around for you? Mm, A few things. One is that I had lost a great deal of weight, and I realized that in order to maintain this ideal thinness, I might need to calorie restrict for the rest of my life. And that was kind of like a very unhappy thought, (laughs) in Mm -hmm. part because I like food. You know, I feel like a lot of people really like food, and they generate these very strained relationships with food. So there was that thought, and then I started practicing yoga. 
around age 26, I started having adult onset migraine headaches. And one of my people in my healing team suggested that I start doing yoga. And I had spent so much time judging my body for its appearance, its thinness, its prettiness, its ability to perform, that at yoga, for the very first time, I was invited to feel it on its own terms, free of praise or judgment. And to me, that invitation and the experience of it was a tremendous relief. And that really started, you know, the turnaround. The turnaround took many years, but that was the inception of it. So can you talk, Erica, about how you think the practice of yoga can help people to enhance body image? So if you practice, you become more embodied. You begin to feel your body more. And then finish that sentence for me. If you feel your body more, then what? There are many things that may happen. This is part of the problem of yoga is I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen. But if you feel your body, a number of things might happen. You might feel relief at just being able to feel it. You might discover that you actually like being able to feel it. You might discover that you find it interesting to feel it. You might discover that your body is mysterious. We're trained to think that our bodies are machines, but they're not machines. We're trained to believe that there is a logical answer for the body and its functions, right? But I don't know how to grow hair. I don't know how to digest food. I don't know how to make my heart beat, but my body does. And I think that part of what yoga offers is an embodiment that engages in a pleasurable experience of the body, but also invites you to think about your body as a mystery that you don't understand and that is probably impossible to control on a certain level. And if you accept it as more of a mystery, you begin to feel better about it? I'm trying to understand how you begin to feel better about it. I think the feeling better about it goes along with some of the mindsets that are put forth in the Adore Your Body system. Okay, well then let's talk about that. That's a good point. So you created this system called the Adore Your Body system to help people work with, overcome negative body image. So what is it specifically? It's a program that helps people mostly change their mind. Okay, so here's the thing, is you might start to feel your body, but if you still think vile thoughts about yourself, it kind of doesn't matter. What I noticed is that body confidence has more to do with the way a person thinks than how they actually look. And so when I realized this, like the most beautiful person you might know, you might discover actually really thinks that they're very ugly, and you're like trying to put these two things together, and someone who you might think was not very attractive might have a great sense of self and a great body confidence. So I started to realize, like, oh, it kind of doesn't matter what you look like. What really matters is how you think about it. And so the system helps people shift their mindsets around their bodies so they begin to relate to them from a more accepting and forgiving and compassionate place. And I just want to explain that a mindset is a set of assumptions, ideas, and beliefs. And so a lot of times we inherit these things from our family of origin, from society, from institutions that we rub shoulders with, like the media and advertising. And mindsets give rise to thoughts, and thoughts give rise to speech, and speech gives rise to behavior. So we can look at a person's behavior and work back to, like, what are they thinking to make them behave that way, like dieting, for instance. And if we can change the way a person thinks, then they may start to feel better about their body. So let's talk about some of the different steps in this program. One of them is called, very simply, to live happily. So how can you live happily if you feel terrible in your body? Great question. 
first, I want to give you an overarching sort of structure for the Adore Your Body system. And the overarching structure for each one of these interior steps is first to identify a problematic mindset that traps us in a way of being that perpetuates our suffering. And then the second step is to reinstall or adopt mindsets that lead us towards peace, confidence, and satisfaction. We have a choice in how we think. So for live happily, the erroneous mindset is that we often stake our happiness on external, physical, or future circumstances. So for example, the problematic thought that might arise out of this is, I will be happy when I'm thin. To shift this, first you have to identify the criteria you've set up for your future happiness. I'm going to be happy when I'm thin, and to start to pull that apart. Are you sure? How do you know? What is it going to take to get there? Do you know that once you get there, you're actually going to be happy? And then to rewrite your criteria for happiness based on things that will make you happy today. My teacher calls this feeding your spirit. So it's like, is there one thing that you could do today that would feed your spirit? So a lot of times we externalize our unhappiness on the things that we think we can control, like our bodies. I like that stuff. That's pretty good. Another one is to enjoy the greener grass. And I'm not exactly sure what the step's about, but I know that greener grass obviously is about assuming that other people have it better. So how does this apply to enhancing body confidence? Yeah, well, we often, here's the erroneous mindset, is we often assume that because people have something externally desirable that they live a quote-unquote better life. So that is an assumption, an erroneous assumption that humans are apt to make. So, for example, you might assume that because someone is very thin and very beautiful that their life is blessed or that they're happy. And so in order to disabuse ourselves of this notion, an assignment that I actually give is to actually investigate those sorts of assumptions, to take a person in your life who you think's got it better than you do, which is why it's about the greener grass, and then to investigate, to interview even to be so vulnerable as to say, I've always assumed that because of this, you experienced this. Can you validate that for me or disprove it? If you learn that so-and-so doesn't necessarily have a better life because they're a size six in clothing, then you begin to feel what? Then you begin to rewrite your assumptions. Because if you assume that her life is better because she's a size six and you long to be a size six and you discover This person's life isn't that much better. As a matter of fact, here is a whole host of other problems that she has because she's a size six. (laughs) Right. And that's usually what you find out is that no one doesn't have problems. They just have different problems than the ones you have. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very good point. Yeah. Let's look at a third step. It's called to question the mirror. So does that mean that you question your perception of yourself in the mirror? That could be an aspect of it, and it's an aspect of it that I haven't really drawn out in the step, which is about how do you perceive yourself in the mirror. More what it is is it's kind of a nod to the fairy tale about Sleeping Beauty and the queens looking in the mirror and saying, tell me who's the fairest of them all. And it's referring to this zero-sum game of competition. And here's the erroneous assumption or the faulty mindset is that we become competitive with others to soothe our insecurities. And perfectionism, this idea that I'm prettier than you or I'm thinner than you or I'm smarter than you, is about winning and losing. And in a winning and losing game, there's only one who can be the fairest of them all. So to shift your perceptions about this, the hallmark of a perfectionist is obviously that they can never do anything incorrectly. 
And I've also noticed that perfectionists are not very good at play or they refuse to play games that they don't already know they can win. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the antidote for this is to find an activity where you can give yourself permission to mess it up. Because it's too much to ask a perfectionist to put it down every minute of their life. But if you can inscribe a little area where it's like, I cooked something and it tasted bad. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> If you can just find one little area and test out what it feels like, it can be a great antidote in the rest of your life. So obviously these are steps that you've come up with yourself because you've incorporated them into your own life. So how do you feel about your body these days as a result? Today I feel great. Tomorrow I might not. Mm, That's pretty honest. I would be a bad coach if I lied to you. (laughs) Look, the reality is that the body changes from day to day to day to day that I'm probably going to have a different reaction to it day to day to day to day. I want to circle back to, like, what does it mean to have body confidence? It's not only to know your own worth as a human being, independent of the body, but also to feel okay with the fluctuations that come from day to day. So I don't know what is in store for me. Tomorrow I might have 30 more gray hairs, and I'm okay with that. (laughs) But you're more accepting. I'm more accepting. So if someone listening right now, Erica, is suffering from negative body image, Mm -hmm. what are some simple ways to begin to address it? First, find yourself a body-positive yoga instructor. This person should help you pay attention to your body to help you modify poses so that you're able to do them with a degree of ease and comfort. I think you should find a good therapist who can help you understand why you got so wound up around the way you look someone who can help you question your beliefs about how you look and where they came from and how you want to shape your beliefs moving forward. And then finally, spend some time studying the history of body image and how the media portray it and even how it benefits society for women to feel badly about themselves. Because if they feel bad about themselves, they will keep buying products, services. Yeah, that's so true. I want to thank you so much for talking with me, Erica. Oh, it's been great. Thank you so much, Portland. If you'd like more information about body confidence and Erica's trainings and workshops, you can go to ericamather.com. That's E-R-I-C-A-M-A-T-H-E-R.com. I'm Portland Helmick. Thank you for listening to Kropalu Perspectives. Kropalu Perspectives is a production of Kropalu Center for Yoga and Health, the nation's leading retreat center for yoga and holistic living, offering workshops, trainings, and retreats in Western Massachusetts. Visit us online at kropalu.org. That's K-R-I-P-A-L-U.org.